Good evening, everybody. Spooky cast. <laughs> That's right. This is a spooky cast. A Deadpan Ooh. Studio presents its Halloween. <laughs> Actually, when this comes out, it will truly be Halloween. It'll be Halloween. Yeah, and you could enjoy this. Probably not on Halloween because you got other stuff to do, but you know. Or nothing because it's going to be cold AF. Yep, it, that too. Yeah. And it's been raining. Oh my god. Way I, too much. I don't even want to talk about the rain. Yeah, and here I am trying to, uh, I've been trying to build a Halloween maze for our nephews because, you know, social distancing and, you know, trick-or-treating is kind of not... You know, <laughs> not happening. That, um, I'm trying to get them a Halloween maze. And what have I got up? The structure and part of the uh, the outside cover done. And when Did is we, Halloween before just, this comes out? Two days away because of rain. stop fucking raining. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, well. like, it's going to be cold, but like, just stop raining. Yeah. If it doesn't rain, I'll be able to get it done tomorrow night. Hopefully. Okay. I may be working late. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Deadpan Studio Presents, a show by Deadpan Studio Podcast. As always, I'm here every week. I'm your host, Matt, and to my right is... And Kat. Yeah. Meow. She's got bats on her head. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, they're cute. Okay. <laughs> She's wanting me to get on with it. Because she's really excited about what we're doing tonight. Doing the business so we can get into the spooky. Sounds good to me. All right, so. Double time. What we're going to do tonight, um, at uh, when we go over to the main part of the podcast, is we're going to be giving, each of us are giving our top five favorite. Well, no, 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 no. Okay, you explain it then. No. It's just five stories each. <laughs> Well, these are my fi- favorite five, but... I couldn't find my favorite. Okay, here's the thing. I listened to a lot of spooky stories. I couldn't find them in story format, and it in one of the main subjects that I have, it took me, like, ten websites to get, like, the story where I could copy and paste. Obviously, we're going to link everything, give oh, yeah. all the credit. It's not like, oh, we came up with this. No. We didn't come up with anything. Not even the idea of Halloween episode. That's not even ours either. <laughs> no, that that but, happened a long time ago. No. But no, it's not. You're putting way too much emphasis on the favorite thing. I got what I got. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, five stories each. We're going to have ten uh, spooky stories uh, that we seem pretty much enjoy. I know I love, I love these. These uh, include things from, like, you know, urban legends, uh, just true stories, you know. I got what I got. Sounds good. All right. <laughs> So, as always, if you'd like to get a hold of us, if you have a scary story that you would like for us to touch back on later on, because you know what? I'll celebrate a little bit of spooky into November. It's okay. And get us at deadpanstudio18 at gmail.com. That's our email, obviously. <laughs> yes, honey. All right. And get us at our uh, different uh, social medias. We're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at deadpanstudio18. I made it so easy. Yes. Yes. Follow us. Tell your friends, share us, and also point them to one of our different streaming services that we have. We have 14, guys. Come on, 14. Find us. You don't understand what double time means, do you? (laughs) Well, I'm trying to speak it so that people can understand me because I do find that I speak really fast sometimes. That's what I was aiming for, but okay. (laughs) Go off. (laughs) Anyway. 14 streaming services, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio. I'm just so proud that we got on that. Um, and also Podbean, deadpanstudio.podbean.com. 
That is our awesome, awesome server. It's an app. Go to the website. Find us. Black and white logo. We're not hard to find. All right. You ready to get into spooky? Yes. All I've right. been ready All this right. whole time. Sounds good. And with that, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Great. Play the stinger. I am. Copyright free spooky music. That's right. Hell yeah. <laughs> so YouTube, you can play it. Well, it's from YouTube. That's right. <laughs> we're gonna link. We're gonna link the video though. So. Absolutely. Okay. So we're gonna. I'm gonna turn it up just a hair. To smidge. Yeah. Just so everybody gets an opportunity to hear this spookiness. Okay. Anyway, who wants to go first, Cat? Do you want to go, or do you want me to? Oh Lord, I'll go first. No, all right, go right ahead. Not all mine are paranormal. They're just. You know what? Honestly, I actually forgot about urban legends. I totally forgot to look those up because I couldn't. I was so focused on the other things I couldn't find. I'm a little bit salty about it. My first story is called Human. This is in first person. I live in Osaka, Japan, and often use the subway to go to work in the morning. One day, when I was waiting for the train, I noticed a homeless man standing in a corner of the subway station, muttering to himself as people passed by. He was holding out a cup and seemed to be begging for spare change. A heavyset woman passed by the homeless man, and I distinctly heard him say, Pig. Wow, I thought to myself. This homeless man is insulting people, and he still expects them to give him money? <laughs> then a tall businessman went by, and the homeless guy said, Human. Human? I can't argue with that. Obviously, he was human. The next day, I arrived early at the subway station. I had some time to kill. So I decided to stand close to the homeless man and listen to his strange mutterings. A thin, haggard-looking man passed in front of him, and I heard the homeless guy mutter, Cow. Cow? I thought. The man was much too skinny to be a cow. He looks more like a turkey or a chicken to me. A minute or so later, a heavy-set man went by, and the homeless man said, Potato. Potato? I was under the impression that he called all heavy-set people pig. That day, at work, I couldn't stop thinking about the homeless man and his puzzling behavior. I kept trying to find some logic or pattern in what he was muttering. Perhaps he had seen some kind of... has some kind of psychic ability, I thought. And maybe he knows what these people were in a previous life. In Japan, many people believe in reincarnation. I observed the homeless man many times and began to think my theory was right. I often heard him calling people things like rabbit, or onion, or sheep, or tomato. One day, curiosity got the better of me, and I decided to ask him what was going on. As I walked up to him, he looked at me and said, bread. I tossed some money into his cup and asked him if he had some kind of psychic ability. The homeless man smiled and said, yes, indeed I do. I have a psychic ability. It's an ability I obtained years ago, but it's not what you might expect. I can't tell the future or read minds or anything like that. 
Then what is your ability? I asked eagerly. The ability is merely to know the last thing somebody ate, he said. I laughed because I realized he was right. He said bread. The last thing I had eaten for breakfast that day was toast. I walked away shaking my head. Of all the psychic abilities someone could have, that one must be the most useless. <laughs> What's the creepy part of the story? Uh, the creepy part was he was probably looking in her windows to know what she was no. eating every day. No, no. That one man that passed by, the guy said human. He can see the last thing that you ate. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that got me. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, it's like, you either remember it at the end or you're like, oh, that was interesting. And then you move on. <laughs> All right, let's see. Should I go urban legend? Yes. Should I go hauntings or should I go sort of like possession? Urban legend first. Urban legend. Okay. This one is called the suicidal boyfriend. It's also called the boyfriend's death. Um, it's may not. It's based on a bunch of different stories, but this one, um, it's a little more generalized, so it's not. You know, it gives you a better chance to be able to let your mind just go somewhere. And this this one's actually going to take place in Paris, so. A girl and her boyfriend, both of them college students, are making out in his car. They have parked near what's called the Forest of Ramboulet, so that they won't be seen by anyone. When they're finished, the boy gets out to take some fresh air and smoke a cigarette, and the girl waits for him in the safety of her car. After waiting for five minutes, the girl gets out of the car to look for her boyfriend. Suddenly, she sees a man in the shadows. Frightened, she gets back into the car to the driveway, to drive away. But as she does this, she hears a very faint squeak, followed by more squeaks. This continues for a few seconds until the girl decides that she has no choice but to drive off. She hits the gas as hard as possible, but can't go anywhere. Someone has tied the rope from the bumper of the car to a nearby tree. Finally, the girl slams on the gas again, and then hears a loud scream. She gets out of the car and realizes that her boyfriend is hanging from the tree. It turns out that the squeaking noises were made by his shoes scraping across the top of the car. Someone killed him. Yeah, oh no, he killed himself. No, somebody killed him. Oh, yes, there were different... Well, there's different variations. Once he killed himself, one, uh, a guy killed him. There's also a men, one about a mental patient who has a hook for a hand that uh, was kind of uh, used on the show Supernatural. Okay. Your turn. I hate it when my brother Charlie has to go away. My parents constantly try to explain to me how sick he is, that I am lucky for having a brain where all the chemicals flow properly to their destinations like undammed rivers. When I complain about how bored I am without a little brother to play with, they try to make me feel bad by pointing out that his boredom likely far surpasses mine, considering his, 
confined to a dark room in an institution. I always begged them for them to give them one last chance. Of course, they did first, and Charlie hasn't been back home several times, each shorter than the last. Every time, without fail, it all starts again. The neighborhood cats with gouged out eyes showing up in his toy chest. My dad's razor is found dropped on the baby slide in the park across the street. Mom's vitamins are replaced by bits of dishwasher tablets. My parents are hesitant now, using last chances sparingly. They say his disorder makes him charming and makes it easy for him to fake normalcy and to trick the doctors who care for him into thinking he is ready for rehabilitation. That I will just have to put up with my boredom if it means staying safe from him. I hate it when Charlie has to go away. It makes me have to pretend to be good until he's back. <laughs> Talk about a scapegoat story. Um, should I do hauntings, uh, a haunting, haunting or possession? Just read whatever. <laughs> you don't All have right. to ask me. Okay, so this one um, a lot of people are probably familiar with, but I chose it because the story really does intrigue me. Uh, the Amityville Horror. On November 13th, 1974, at 3.15 a.m., Ronald Butch... DeFeo Jr. killed his parents and siblings with a 35 caliber rifle while they slept peacefully in their beds. Butch later told the police, Once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. The following year, the Lutz family moved into the house on Ocean Drive in Amityville. A priest was called to bless the house, and he warned the family, Do not use the upstairs room as a bedroom and do not let anyone sleep in there. Within days, they knew something was wrong. Their young daughter made an imaginary friend with a red-eyed pig. Foul odors filled each room, furniture levitated, and banging occurred throughout the night. They fled the house. When Ed and Lorraine Warren, paranormal investigators, investigated, they discovered that the land had been previously uh, had been used previously by a practicing black magician. He had requested to be buried on the land and remains there to this day. Spooky. Yeah. It was like Ed and Lorraine Warren, real OGs. Yeah. And there's 12 movies about Amityville. <laughs> Most of them there's 12. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Pretty freaky, I tell you. Mm-hmm. That's one thing to remember on a Halloween. That's the point. Things are supposed to be spooky. It's when all the spirits come out. I want to read this one I just found. But I've forgotten how to say the name. That's okay. Just do your best. Yeah. Do you want me to go to the next one? While we're waiting, um, this background music that you're hearing is just called Scary Halloween Music. Spooky and Creepy Music Mix Number 2. Wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah, I still can't say that. Okay, I got one. Go right ahead. 
this this lit mountain mountain This is a Japanese urban legend, which arguably are some of the creepiest. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is the slit mouth mouthed woman. It is a rather disturbing legend surrounding a seemingly ordinary woman wearing a surgical mask, as though to protect others from catching her cold. <laughs> she appears before those walking alone at night, usually children, and asks, Am I beautiful? If you answer no, you are killed with a pair of scissors the slit-mouthed woman carries. If you answer yes, she takes off her mask to reveal her grotesque grin. A mouth that has been slit from ear to ear. How about now? She will ask. She will kill you if you say no, and cut you an identical smile if you say yes. Rumor has it that a few answers will confuse the slipmouth woman, long enough for you to escape. You're average, or meh, so-so, according to myth. The woman was disfigured by her husband when he found out she was cheating, so the legend goes. After he viciously cut her mouth, he asked, Who will think you are beautiful now? This is a popular urban legend in Japan and appears in dozens of movies, manga, and anime. Alright. So, next I'm going to do, um, I'm going to do another haunting. Because I, I love okay. hauntings. Just read it. The Sally House. I don't know if you've ever heard oh, of The yes. Sally House. Absolutely. Just read, read, yeah. read, read, read. <laughs> Despite its reputation as one of America's most haunted houses, the Sally House of Atchison, Kansas looks like any other middle class home. Located at 508 North 2nd Street, the Sally House was built in the 19th century and got its name from a, from a ghost girl named Sally. In 1992, the case of the Sally House made national news thanks to the sightings television program. While an episode of the show was being filmed, the home's residents, Tony and Deborah Pickman, showed suspicious scratch marks on their bodies. Members of the television crew were simil uh, similarly bumped bruised and scratched according to tony and deborah these serious supernatural assaults began after the birth of their child from then on tony and deborah suffered cuts and physical pains caused by unseen assailants anyone who visited the house was also assaulted in other store in other stories claimed that full body apparitions floating objects and unexplainable noises such as animal sounds were experienced by members of the household and their friends. To investigate these mysterious occurrences, the Pickman family frequently invited paranormal investigators and psychics into their home, some of whom used Ouija boards to try and contact the house spirits. Disturbingly, Tony and Deborah came to believe that Sally, the house's most active ghost, was somehow a magnet for much darker entities. In particular, Sally may have just been, a por been the portal that allowed a demon, or several demons, to enter the house. One of these demons has been called a harpy due to its predilection for physical violence 
and has particular interest in Tony and Deborah's child. Tony and Deborah left the house in 1994, but they also maintain a website dedicated to their experiences. Yeah, the Sally house is real messed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Ugh. I'm not convinced that my job isn't buried on an Indian burial ground. <laughs> okay. I'm not joking. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Teke Teke. Close enough. Teke Teke was a schoolgirl who tripped on some train tracks at a critical moment. She was cut in half by the oncoming locomotive. Now, Teke Teke is a vengeful spirit who crawls around on her hands and elbows, the dragging sound of her torso along the ground making Teke Teke sound, which gives her the name. Teke Teke wanders around at night, slicing her victims in half with a scythe to mimic her own disfigurement. She can also hide in places like cars and windows, where half a body would typically be seen. Once her victims come close enough, she surprises them and reveals herself. You can only escape Teke Teke if you can outrun her, but watch out. She's extremely fast. <laughs> I was going back and forth between these two, but I think I'm going to go with this one because it is so close to home and it's a place that I have visited before. Waverly Hill Sanatorium. Yeah. I want to go there. Yeah. This isn't necessarily a story, but more of a history of. Widely regarded as one of the most haunted places on Earth, Waverly Hill Sanatorium is said to be home to a mysterious woman in chains who can be seen running from the snow from the now abandoned building. A boy called Timmy, who, obsess, who is obsessed with playing ball. A girl with no eyes called Mary. And the notorious room 502, where the door slams shut if you dare to step inside its four walls. It's built in 1910 in Jefferson County, Kentucky, right outside of Louisville. Waverly Hill Sanatorium was, a, uh, was in part response to the tuberculosis pandemic that had swept through much of the United States since the turn of the century, start of the century. The asylum was uh, instantly swamped with sick patients and had to be expanded almost immediately upon completion. The mortality rate was, was exceptionally high for tuberculosis, uh, with the vast majority of those diagnosed dying from the illness. Those who succumbed to the disease would make their final journey out of the building through the death tunnel, a 150-meter, 500-foot chute that was used to lower bodies from the hospital to the bottom of the hill on which it sat. Due to the accepted thinking of the time, patients were left alone on the roof of the building as fresh air was supposedly the key to beating the disease. Incidentally, numerous people have reported hearing footsteps and voices on the roof. Lights have also been turned on in the building, despite the fact that the grounds have zero electricity. Room 502 has been the site of at least two suicides. In 1928, a young woman was said to have hung herself in the room, and in 1932, a nurse jumped to her death from its window. The site was recently bought by a private couple who say that they plan to open a complex as a four-star hotel resort for paranormal enthusiasts and ghost hunters. I don't like that. That place is... 
That place doesn't need to be a hotel. It needs to be maintained. And if well, they wanted to expand on the property, I mean, that's it's a huge place. Well, at the end of this article, maybe uh, it says, I quote, maybe they and their visitors will get a little more than they bargained for. Oh, Partic- they're going to get more than they bargained for. Particularly if they stay in room 502. No, the second... Oh, Lord. Lord. Okay, if that room's already crazy active, here's the thing. Paranormal activity can be heightened by construction. You're changing what was already there originally. Yeah, spirits don't like change. They don't like that. It's not like that. You can go from nothing to, holy shit, my dishes are flying across the kitchen <laughs> just because you wanted to remodel. Now, I've been to Waverly. I've visited it. So, However, I've never done the all-night uh, tour. That's like a bucket list thing Tiny Tiny has. Oh, he has? Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's like a bucket list. Yeah, his... Uh, I'd have to have like six friends go with me. <laughs> his lady... Um, has said that uh, in room 502, when she walked in, something grabbed her leg. I believe that's what that story says, or her story anyway. Yeah. If I'm wrong, Anna, I apologize, but uh, I believe that's what I remember she said. Creepy. Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> you got one um, more? I, I got a few more. I saved my favorite for last. I got two more that are kind of short, and then I got my long one. Go right ahead. You can read those. Read the one that. Oh, that's right. So yeah. maybe a little bit more than ten, but that's okay. Eh. It's spooky. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Kids in the dark. Growing up poor in the deep south meant sharing a lot with my little brother Ollie. Most often. We'd pass toys, clothes, and skin conditions between us. Up until he was six, we even shared a bed. Neither of us was very happy about that. It was my 10th birthday when that changed. I got one birthday present that year, and it was a bed of my own. Ollie was jealous right away, and I could understand why. He had to keep that half-broken-down frame with the worn-out mattress. The one I'd gotten wasn't that much better but not being broken and worn was enough. Sleeping apart was a great feeling. It was freedom. No longer would I have to suffer the sudden and inexplicable kiss, kicks to the stomach. No longer would I wake up with Ollie's foot pressed into my le- neck like he'd stepped on Dracula the night before. At least, that's what I thought. Right away, right after I got the new bed, the shriek started. At first, I thought Ollie woke up in the middle of the night and screamed because he'd gotten scared. Then, the sound echoed through the tiny room again, and I knew it wasn't a normal cry. The room was always pitch black, black as pitch after sunset. The one window we had was pressed against a long leaf pine, and even the brightest, biggest moon cast no light inside. The shriek just about drove me crazy. Every night, probably at the same exact time, these sharp yelps would knock me right out of my dreams. It wasn't my mom or dad yelling either. I knew what they sounded like. Believe me. Most worrying of all was the fact that I could never tell where it was coming from. It seemed completely random. One night, it'd come from somewhere near the closet. The next, it'd shoot out from a corner of the ceiling. 
Any hope I had of having my own space would get dashed every time as Ollie would silently slip into the bed with me, shaking like crazy. He'd clasp onto me and wouldn't let go until it was almost daybreak. Most times I'd take his hand and tell him everything was going to be okay, that it'd be over by morning. But I was never really sure. Over time, the shriek started changing. At first it was only by small degrees, but eventually it took on the primal hooting sound of a primate calling out its first warning. I had to clasp pillows to my ears just to keep from going deaf. Mom and Dad never believed me or Ollie. Basically because the thing, whatever it was, refused to make a peep when they were in the room. Apparently, they couldn't even hear it through the walls, even though it was damn sure loud enough. The shriek just got worse and worse until I felt like I couldn't take it anymore. Me and Ollie were doing really badly in school, and we just had no energy at all. I could sleep more deeply with my head propped up and eyes open in the middle of class than in my own room at night. Then, thankfully, we moved out of the house nearly a year later. I had contemplated all sorts of things, even a child's clumsy attempt of taking my life to get away from the horrible nightly noise. There was no problem at the next house. It was a nice white cookie cutter home on a dead end street and I welcomed the normalcy. What's more, when we moved in, there was a bunk bed waiting for me and Ollie. No more broken bed, no more second bed I ended up having to share anyway. The only problem was deciding who'd get the top bunk. I told Ollie I deserved it. After all, I had gotten a new bed way back and he ruined it by climbing in every night. What? He shook his head. I never did that. I had always wondered why the noise stopped the second I was sharing my bed. Now I had the answer. That got me a little bit. I have a few chills. <laughs> yeah. When I got to the end of that one, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. adding that to my list. Yeah. Said he got a couple more. I have one more shortish one. Go right ahead. The portraits. There was a hunter in the woods who, after a long, long day hunting, was in the middle of an immense forest. It was getting dark, and having lost his bearings, he decided to head in one direction until he was clear of all the increasingly oppressive foliage. 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 Trees. Yeah. After what seemed like hours, he came across a cabin in a small clearing. Realizing how dark it had grown, he decided to see if he could stay there for the night. He approached and found the door ajar. Nobody was inside. The hunter flopped down on on the single bed, deciding to explain himself to the owner in the morning. As he looked around the inside of the cabin, he was surprised to see the walls adorned by several several portraits, all painted in incredible detail. Without exception, they appeared to be staring down at him, their features twisted into looks of hatred and malice. Staring back, he grew increasingly uncomfortable, making a huge effort to ignore the many hateful faces. He turned to face the wall. Completely exhausted, he fell into a restless sleep. The next morning, the hunter awoke, turned, blinking in unexpected sunlight. Looking up, he discovered that the cabin had no portraits, only windows. There's just a bunch of mean-ass people staring at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I had one more, but 
that's alright. We might have to do another supplement episode. <laughs> I've got to go in here. This one kind of freaked me out. It's one of the, well, I say not recently freaked me out, but it's one of the ones that freaked me out when I was younger. Because I really enjoy this type of story. It's also an urban legend called He's in Your Backseat. A woman pulls into a gas station and fills her tank up. She goes in and pays for her purchase and then walks back out, climbs into her car, and drives off. She hasn't been gone far when she sees another car quickly approaching from behind, its lights flashing frantically and the horn blasting. At first she's frightened, but as the car gets closer, it becomes apparent that the driver seems concerned, so she pulls over. The driver of the second car rushes over to her window and tells her and tells her she was trying to get her attention because he noticed something was wrong with the rear wheel. She gets out to look, and as they reach the back of the car, he tells her that the faulty rear wheel was just a ruse, and that the truth is that she saw someone climb into the back seat of her car while she was inside the gas station. Sure enough, there is a man ducked down in the floorboards. His intention was to kidnap or even kill her. Now here's the creepy part. There's a true story. On February 28, 2017, a woman from Kansas City, Missouri called the police saying she just escaped from a man who had kidnapped her. According to the report, a woman had been sitting in her own home when a strange girl burst through the front door and said the word, Megan, and then turned around and left. The woman was shaken and completely confused. She went to the front office of the community where she lived and reported the odd occurrence. She then left with the intention of stopping by a nearby gas station, but almost immediately, she realized there was someone hiding in the backseat of her car. It was a man, dressed in all black and wearing a ski mask. She said the man claimed to have a gun, and pressing something against the back of her head, he told her to drive and began giving her directions, eventually leading her to a remote location. While she drove, he wrapped a cable around her hands. Once they arrived at the front of a gate, he wrapped more cable around her neck and began assaulting her, beating the back of her head and cutting her arms and hands. Eventually, the man climbed out of the back seat and started toward her door. She threw the car into drive and took off, making it to a gas station where she called the police. The man was never caught. Yeah, just a little bit. He was going to kill her. <laughs> yeah. Most likely. This is how urban legends become so crazy because it's almost like urban legends are stereotype stories. They're based on something. Something. Yeah. yeah that, that literally gave me chills because I remember hearing, you know, that urban legend, that story growing up. Yeah. Always check your backseat. Yes. Always. No matter your age or gender. Always check your back seat. Lock your doors as soon as you sit down. As soon as you sit down, slam that door. I don't care if you got stuff in your arms, you lock that door. You can deal with it after. Yeah. You got one more? Yeah. Go right ahead. It's my longer one. Sounds good. It's about, and probably a lot of people are going to know what I'm talking about already, but he's just so creepy. 
this is a little story. Well, not a little story. It's kind of a story and the history of Robert the doll. <laughs> I don't like I don't like Robert. Alright. Alright, episode's like over. We're done. Don't hey. <laughs> don't disrespect Robert like I'm that. Not you'll, disrespecting have, Robert. you'll have to send him a letter. I don't want to send him a letter. Well, a lot of people do, but I'll get to that. Okay. Go ahead. Let me get a drink. Oh, no. I thought you meant a drink drink. So <laughs> I say I could go for that right now. <laughs> no. Robert is a one-of-a-kind handmade doll by the Stife? Yes, Stife Company. Stife Company of Germany. He was made around the turn of the century. Standing 40 inches tall and stuffed with wood, wool known as Excelsior? Excelsior. Excelsior? Huh. He is dressed in a sailor suit and once wore painted features not unlike those of a jester. His unusual size indicates he may have been fashioned in the image of his constant companion, a boy named Robert Eugene Otto. The doll took Robert as his name, while the boy simply went by Gene. Together, they would go on to make history. Gene and Robert were best friends growing up. Legend speculates voodoo played a part in Robert's formative years, while interviews with those close to the Otto family indicate a great deal of emotional energy was placed upon the doll during Eugene's lifetime. It is said that young Gene would shift blame when he misbehaved as a child, pointing to the doll and saying, I didn't do it. Robert did it. Robert the Haunted Doll is well known for being more than a little spooky, but in the beginnings, things seemed a little bit more innocent. Like any other childhood friendship between a boy and his toy, Eugene took Robert everywhere with him, and even though the Robert doll was probably a little bit large and unwieldy for a boy of his age, Eugene was thought to be around eight when given Robert. He was never seen without his beady-eyed companion in tow. Eugene was often heard whispering to Robert, which was entirely normal. It was only when a deep voice was heard answering back to Eugene that things started to get a little bit strange. The Robert the Doll story gets stranger and stranger as years go on. Robert was said to have somewhat of a hold over Eugene, and loud, violent commotions could be heard coming from Eugene's bedroom on almost a nightly basis. Furniture could often be found overturned. Toys of Eugene's were often found ripped apart. And when the Otto family entered Eugene's room, he was often found huddled on his bed, petrified. When asked what had happened, he only ever had one response. Robert did it. Stories of Robert the doll moving meant that he was quickly banished to the attic. Servants arrived and promptly quit their jobs in quick succession. And it's also claimed that the ants that banished Robert to the attic died the same night that he was put there. Despite his banishment, the Otto family were said to hear Robert the doll moving frequently around the upstairs portion of the house, with his footsteps said to echo throughout the areas of the property that were completely empty. He was even said to giggle in the middle of the nights. Despite all of this, and despite his obvious fear of Robert as a child, Eugene kept Robert as he grew up into an adult. He worked as an artist and later married to a woman named Annette. He kept Eugene propped up in a window of his house, 
School children and almost anyone walking past the property would say they often saw the doll disappear from sight before appearing again before their eyes. Many people avoided the house entirely so that they could avoid Robert. Annette, Eugene's wife, was said to, said to detest Robert. He insisted on the doll staying in the room even while they slept. She did not like this at all. She supposedly banished him back to the attic. Naturally, he didn't take particularly kindly to this. And so Robert, the haunted doll, once more placed demands on Eugene, requesting the turret room of the house because he wanted a room with a view of the street. It stared people. Creep. Jean spent all of his time in the turret room with Robert, painting and talking to his doll until his death in 1974. A new home. Myrtle Ruder, I assume that's how you say that, purchased the auto home in 1974. She became Robert's companion and kept him when she moved to Vaughn. Fister. Fister. Six years later, in 1994, she donated Robert to the Fort East Martello Museum, claiming he moved around her house on his own and was haunted. Myrtle died a few months later, but Robert remained active. Museum staff noted a shift of energies at the, at the museum. Though Robert was not initially on display, he started receiving visitors as word spread about his new residence. Once he was put on display, cameras and electronic devices malfunctioned in his presence, and soon letters began arriving addressed to the doll, offering apologies for disrespectful behavior or asking for forgiveness. Letters continue to arrive daily. Ghost hunters, TV shows, psychics, skeptics, and believers visit Robert on a regular basis to witness firsthand the strange stories they have heard. Is Robert cursed by voodoo? Thriving on the energy placed upon him? A misunderstood doll with a playful spirit or perhaps just a doll joined by the spirit of his lifelong companion people will bring him money and candy they'll even leave toys um he has a whole website and social media presence <laughs> it's yeah do not subscribe to us i what robert oh <laughs> do not subscribe to us <laughs> It'd be kind of funny, actually, if his caretaker contacted us. Shh. What? The caretaker is nice. Well, she, that, that's fine. she answers the emails. Well, that's okay. Well, I don't want to. The doll creeps me out. You want to see another picture of him? No, I do not. Okay. No, I want to sleep tonight. Or at least, well. <laughs> <laughs> it's an unsettling visual, let's just say. Yeah. Not not in what I uh, copy and pasted, but it was said he was never intended to actually be like a plaything. He was actually, I think he was supposed to be commissioned for, or was commissioned for like a window display. Hmm. And it's believed that the outfit he wore, the sailor outfit, was actually something that belonged to Robert or Jean. But so, <laughs> like a three foot doll, no, unwieldy. Okay. Trying to quit. Oh, he also has his... Robert also has his own toy. It's a little dog on a leash. That poor little toy dog. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, that's... that's Haunted by proxy. Yeah. Well, that's it for us. Um, 
Hope everybody's enjoyed the spooky. Have a happy Halloween. However many stories we actually read. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you all in the closing. Talk to you in a minute. I wasn't ready for the stinger. Sorry. My bad. I keep playing the spooky music. <laughs> Oof. No, no, no. Yes, no. Yes. After Robert? No, I'm done. Mm. Yes. Nope. Play. No. No, we got to do the closing. Whew. I'll send you the link. You can listen to it all you want. Okay. That's enough from us, guys. Go hug your, hug your favorite non-haunted toy. Eat your favorite snack. Spend time with your family. Turn the lights on. Stay safe. Social distance. Wash your hands. Don't don't party. Be smart. <laughs> Wear a mask. Because aside from those stories, Good the Lord. scariest thing. The scariest thing is lack world. of common sense. Yeah, in this world right now <laughs> is lack of common sense with COVID nineteen. So please be safe. And for everybody else, um, thank you for listening. Once again, if you would like to email us. Tell us one of your favorite stories. We'll bring them up. We'll read it on here. It doesn't matter what episode we're on or what we're doing. We'll read it on the uh, on the opening or the closing. So get us at deadpanstudio18 at gmail.com. I'm going to say it a little slower. Deadpanstudio18 at gmail.com. That is so they have no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, also get us on social media. iTunes. Or iTunes. Jesus. See, wow. I told you Robert has messed me up. Good job. Instagram, Facebook, Yay. and Twitter. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you hear my neck? Social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Deadpan. Deadpan Studio 18. Excuse you. 14 streaming services. You can yes. find them yourself. Yeah, just Google You're... us. We're on Google. Google. Google the thing. Deadpan Studio Podcast, black and white logo. Can't miss us. Google the thing. Download our shit. Subscribe. Leave us a review on whichever apps you can review us on. That's right. Give us five stars or one star if you fucking hate us. That's fine, too. I dare you. <laughs> no, we're not going to dare them. I know where you live. No, I don't. No, like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Start, I had to do that because it was... Start doxing people now. No, it's just, mm. you know, starting trying to be scary and spooky. Hope everybody have a good Halloween. But seriously, yeah, be safe. Take care of each other. And we'll catch you on the next one. We'll catch you on the other side. See you guys later. (laughs) 